Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. Today we're continuing our prophecy special on the imminent invasion of Israel. And uh, I believe that as we speak now in 2017, the stage is really set for this to happen. It's set in Ezekiel in the time of the end time um, when Israel is regathered from having been scattered to the nations. It's regathered to Israel and the emphasis is on the mountains of Israel which we know today as the occupied territory and this this is the disputed territory now God makes it clear in his word that he has deeded it he's given it to Abraham Isaac and Jacob to Israel and that land is his land and he gives it to Israel but that the nations and you if you read from Ezekiel 35 onwards the the nations claim the mountains of Israel and therefore the settlements that are being built right now by the Jews on those mountains, that is the controversial issue because the UN resolution recently said that is Palestinian land, it, the settlements are illegal. Uh, God says, it's my land and I give it to Israel and therefore the nations are coming into conflict with God. And we're going to see that that conflict is going to come to a great climax quite soon now. And it comes to a climax in Ezekiel 38. And this is an invasion that takes place before the tribulation, I believe, because we're going to read later on that it's that seven years, there's a seven-year period of time after this invasion, during which all the fuel from the weapons and everything of the invading army is used by Israel. And, and so it can't happen, it can't be the Battle of Armageddon, because they wouldn't be doing that seven years into the millennium. Um, neither is it likely, those seven years, likely to overlap with the Great Tribulation because Israel is, won't be really functioning much as a nation at that point. So it's going to happen a few years, I believe, before the rapture. Most likely, we can't be sure, but it's most likely going to happen during the church age. And it's actually going to be the stimulant, as we're going to see, of probably the final great revival, soul harvest of the church age. And that's particularly one reason why it's so important. But God will vindicate his name, and he will vindicate the fact that Israel is his nation, and he will glorify himself through, through this situation. We, it will create a window of opportunity for us to share the gospel, and that's why we need to know about this. But with recent events in the world have actually, uh, uh, as I want to share with you, in Brexit, the new American administration in particular, and with a different approach to Israel, um, is now set the stage perfectly for this event to happen. We uh, also, with, with Russia, playing a more active world role in the Middle East, and now actually occupying Syria, which borders on Israel, in a sense, everything is set up and in place. And in, we saw previous time that Ezekiel 38 describes a coalition of nations uh, led by Russia, but many other Islamic nations, particularly Iran and Turkey, are going to be part of this. They're going to do a massive invasion onto the mountains of Israel. That's the occupied territory. And that invasion is, is going to be a surprise and because it says that the people who have been regathered from all the nations, the Jews, 
and how possessing now the mountains of Israel dwell securely. They, they feel safe. They've, they will feel safe because under this present American administration, they feel protected. They feel like America is protecting them. It's, it's, it's not threatening them and will defend them at the UN and so on. And so they dwell securely. It says also they, they are peaceful. They're not wanting war. Um, and it says it's a land of unwalled villages. We explained that last time that every fortified city in ancient times had unwalled villages surrounding it. And in times of war, the people in the unwalled villages would come to the safety of the walled city. And that describes the occupied territory. Israel itself is well fortified. Nations are afraid to attack it. It's got one of the best militaries in the world. But the occupied territories is, is not part of that fortified area. So when this invading army comes, the people in the land of the unwalled villages outside the fortified Israel will rush into Israel proper for safety. And that's why Israel will not try and attack this army. It can't really attack Russia. Uh, it will seem like this, this army occupies the, the mountains of Israel and it will enforce a two-state solution. And it will, the idea is to set up a Palestine that will be under Russian control and Russia then will have control of the Middle East and that will be Russia's real game plan in in the whole thing and we see that this invasion will happen it will happen suddenly and God however is in control of the situation and it says that at that time they Ru that Russia will actually do it for her economic gain but there will be some nations who will resist it who will be opposed to it and they're defined in verse 13 as Sheba, Didan, and the merchants of Tarshish and all her cubs, her, her young cubs. They will resist, at least verbally they will resist. They will be, they will, so there will be a political alignment between Sheba, Didan, that's like Saudi Arabia, as it is right now, is aligned with the West, and the merchants of Tarshish, and those, you might say, kind of like the Western nations, but not exactly. And we need to talk about who this Tarshish is, because this is critical uh, for us, because these merchants of Tarshish are actually on Israel's side, and they are actually aligned with each other. It talks about the merchants of Tarshish and all their young lions. They'll, all of those young lions will be aligned together. So we, one thing we need to pray for is for the Tarshish nations to take their place in the end times because they are to play an important role. Now, let me try and prove to you what, who Tarshish is, first of all. Tarshish, some say is Spain, but it's, it's, I think it's clear it is the uh, United Kingdom. And that's not just because I'm British. Um, the hints in scripture, for instance, Jonah, when he fled from the presence of the Lord, it says he fled to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. In other words, he wanted to go away, far away as possible from the presence of the Lord in Jerusalem. And so what they would do, as far as they were concerned, the furthest place out was Tarshish. Beyond, that, that was the extent of the, of the known world at that time. And of course, the furthest out, you go through the Straits of Gibraltar, and further than Spain is the British Isles, and that was known there. And it was a trading nation. The merchants of Tarshish were, were famous for the trading. 
and the furthest place out to the west that Jonah was trying to get to, to get away from the presence of the Lord as far as possible, was Tarshish. And that has to be the United Kingdom. And, and the other thing is that in Ezekiel, it's uh, a source of tin. Uh, let me find that verse. It says in Ezekiel 27:12, Tarshish was your merchant because of your many luxury goods. They gave you silver, iron, tin, and lead for your goods. And so the other things could be got from Spain, but only tin. And 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 Britain was known was famous for its tin mines, and only tin, tin was only obtained then from the United Kingdom, um, from Britain. So. Tarshish is a supplier of tin. It has to be the United Kingdom. It's a trading nation. And, and it's encouraging that Tarshish is one of the events that is in the millennium, is not destroyed. It says that the kings of Tarshish and the isles will bring presents to Israel. That's in Psalm 72. And in Isaiah 69, it says the ships of Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and gold with them. So in the regathering of Israel for the kingdom of God age, the ships of Tarshish will be involved. So there will be a blessing on Tarshish in the millennium because they will have blessed Israel. And so that's an encouragement there. Now it says that in this invasion, the Tarshish is kind of on the Lord's side at this time. The merchants of Tarshish and all their young lions, or young cubs. So, the, what it would be the cubs? What is those that come out of Tarshish? What nations come out of Tarshish? Well, obviously, the United States and Canada. And I think also the Commonwealth nations could be denoted by that because of their connection and, and because they in, still accept the queen as, as their queen, they could be under the Tarshish banner, you might say. So this is predicting that in the end times, and this is what needs to really happen right now, that the UK, the USA, and the Commonwealth nations will come into a political alignment that will differ from the rest of the world. And that's why Brexit is very significant. Because while Britain is in Europe, the EU is generally quite anti-Israel. Very much so. And Britain has been the main force that has moderated that. But now, with Britain out of the EU, first of all, Britain is freer now to realign with the USA and to be more pro-Israel. And also, sadly, that will also possibly make the EU more, even more anti-Israel. But it was necessary that that separation take place so that the UK can play its role in, in the final end-time scenario. And one of its roles is, is political, to actually... Um, to bless Israel and to align with all the Tarshish nations to, to, to help support Israel. And, and the blessing, and this I believe also needs to take place as, as part of the restrainer in the end times. I'm, I'm rushing this a little bit, but the Bible talks about the fact that the Antichrist is, there's a restrainer that stops the Antichrist coming into manifestation. Ever since the World War One, we've been in the end times and Satan's tried to bring out an Antichrist. He doesn't know when the rapture's going to happen. So he's, and Hitler was one, is, if you like, one effort to create this Antichrist. 
And the Antichrist is a political figure and a religious figure. The Antichrist wants to remove Christ. He denies Christ as the Lord and wants to make himself the God of the world, as it were. And so he's political and he's also got a spiritual agenda. And he wants to bring in a false religion uh, that will take over the whole world. And so the restrainer of the Antichrist must be a force, and it's essentially the church, the Holy Spirit through the church. You can read about this in 2 Thessalonians 2. The restrainer acts in a spiritual level and in a political level, and I hadn't seen this before. Of course, the, ch the Holy Spirit through the church is holding back the spirit of Antichrist. And so Satan's agenda, which will co briefly come to pass in the tribulation, will, can only happen when the restrainer is removed and the rapture of the church is going to remove the, that power of the restrainer and that will allow finally the Antichrist to come and as it were take over but only for a brief time because God's going to bring that sorry thing to an end but until then Satan's been trying to create this one world order headed up by the Antichrist that's what Satan's trying to do and try to bring somebody like a Hitler or someone to bring that to pass but there's always been the restrainer there to stop it. And, and so what it, the restrainer is the church uh, across the world, of course. But in particular, because one aspect of the restrainer is political and military, um, God has actually used the Tarshish nations uh, and, and, and obviously the church, you know, working through that as well, the, but the Tarshish nations in World War I and World War II um, have, God has used those nations joining together, Britain, America, the Commonwealth nations, to restrain that, that Antichrist movement. And I believe that, again, God is calling the Tarshish nations to, again, align and restrain what Satan is trying to do. And we see the evidence of this alignment, even in this Ezekiel prophecy, that at the time of this invasion, which is a big attack on Israel to destroy Israel, because once the two-state solution comes in, then it's a short step to Israel's total destruction. Because once that, um, then the, once that happens, the rest of Israel would be undefendable and it will be easily conquered. And so certainly, you know, the, the Palestinian strategy eventually is, is, a, is a total takeover. And, and taking the two-stage solution is just the first step toward that. And so Israel is fighting for its very survival. So the Tarshish nations, their role, particularly in these end times, is to align and to do two things to actually help defend Israel, but also to actually, um, for revival, to be, um, to be part of that great end time revival, because every nation will be involved. But the Tarshish nations, I think, need to play a special role. And that's why it's important that we are free from, from as it were, the, the atheistic uh, spirit over Europe that um, over the EU rather, sorry, the EU, which is grounded on humanistic principles, 
brings a very spiritual power that, that is very restraining on the church. And it's important that we're free from that. And, and uh, uh, you're not free from Europe, but from the EU. And, and therefore, free to realign with um, the Tarshish nations to play our role in the upcoming revival and in, the, um, in blessing Israel. And so it's, it's, it's just that we must pray for a realignment of the UK, the USA, the Commonwealth nations. That's going to happen. It says it here. It's going to happen. They are going to realign and play an important part of restraining the Antichrist until it's time for the rapture and then that Antichrist and that world globalization is going to come to its fullness. So we're living in very exciting times. So let's, let's see what actually happens. Sheba, Didan, the merchants of Tarshish, all their young lions will oppose it verbally, but nevertheless this invasion happens very suddenly, very uh, before anyone can do anything. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to God, thus says the Lord God, on that day when my people Israel dwell securely, will you not know it? In other words, Gog thinks, oh, well, Israel's living in a false security. They think they're safe. But, I th but Russia, for whatever reason, doesn't think that, that America will do anything. And it may be, it's interesting that many people believe that um, the present president is, is, is quite friendly with Russia and, and wouldn't really uh, come against Putin. And, and um, some even think he's compromised as far as Russia is concerned. But Russia apparently believes that they can go ahead with this invasion and, and not suffer any bad consequences. Uh, and again, it's not an invasion of Israel, it's an inv which would bring consequences. It's an invasion of the mountains of Israel, which they will say doesn't belong to Israel anyway. It's, it belongs to the Palestinians by international law. So that's why it will not be opposed. But God will oppose it. That's what they weren't expecting. So my people, he says, you're, you're taking land from my people. Um, he says... Then you will come from your place out of the far north, you and many peoples with you, great mighty army. You'll come up against my people like a cloud to cover the land, to cover the mountains. It'll be in the latter days that I'll bring you against my land. God says, you say it's Palestinian land. God says it's my land and I've given it to my people. So you're trying to steal my land and I'm not going to that, let that happen. So that the nations may know me when I'm hallowed in you, Gog, before their eyes. So God's going to glorify himself in this. He's going to step in and he will be hallowed. He'll be set apart before the eyes of... It will, the whole world will see what's going to happen next. And they'll suddenly realize there is a God of Israel and a God in Israel. And, and the, the God of the Bible is real. And they, they will shock the nations. Verse 18, it will come to pass at the same time when God comes against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury will show in my face. God is going to get angry right now. He's ready to judge. In my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath I have spoken. Jealousy is actually when something belongs to you, but somebody's trying to take it from you, and you're jealous over it, and you're going to fight for it. God is jealous because they're trying to take his land away from his people. 
And he says, in the fire of my wrath I have spoken. Surely in that day there will be a great earthquake in the land of Israel, so that the fish, the birds, the beasts, all creeping feet, all men who are on the face of the earth will shake at my presence. This will be the greatest earthquake ever. The whole, it will be felt around the world, but it will be centered on the mountains of Israel there. And, and it, will, it will actually, I think, destroy the Dome of the Rock because Jerusalem there is part of those mountains of Israel. That could be when the Dome of the Rock is destroyed. It's got to be destroyed at some point because the Bible predicts there will be a rebuilt, the third temple will be built there. On, uh, you'll see that in 2 Thessalonians 2, Revelation 11, uh, Matthew 24. In the tribulation there is a rebuilt Jewish temple that eventually the Antichrist will desecrate. But uh, for that to happen, the Dome of the Rock has to be destroyed first. So this will be a judgment on certain Islamic nations and against Islam itself because the Dome of the Rock is a key Islamic um, monument. Uh, and so possibly this earthquake will, will do that. The mountains are, shall be thrown down, the steep places fall, every wall fall to the ground. And I'll call for a sword against Gog throughout all my mountains, says the Lord God. So what's going to happen? The army will cover the mountains. The Jews will escape to the safety of the main part of Israel. And then God will send a massive earthquake. And then um, a sword will happen. And every man's sword will be against his brother. And so all the invading armies will be in such confusion. They'll start killing each other and fighting against each other, all the different nations and I'll bring him to judgment with pestilence and bloodshed, so there will also be great diseases will break out among this invading army. I will rain down on him, his troops, and the many peoples who are with him, flooding rain, great hailstones, fire and brimstone. So God's going to throw the works at them, and the whole invading army will be destroyed. Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I'll be known in, in the eyes of many nations, then they will know that I'm the Lord. So this is the revival I was talking about. This end-time revival that's going to happen is that God is going to magnify himself through this divine intervention. And all nations will see what happens. They can't put it down to some accidental thing. It will be so obvious, and especially since it's been prophesied in Ezekiel, the nations will know that the God of Israel is alive, the God of the Bible is alive, and this will be the best opportunity to share the gospel. Many Muslims in particular will get saved. Many atheists will get saved because they will be in awe of what God does. This will be, we need to be ready for this because this will be our greatest chance to preach the gospel. Ezekiel 39, it says, You son of man, prophesy against Gog, and says, I'm against you, O Gog, prince of Rosh, Meshesh, Tubal. I'll turn you around, lead you on, bring you up from the far north, and bring you against the mountains of Israel. Then I will knock the bow out of your left hand, and cause the arrows to fall out of your right hand. So this earthquake is going to just destroy all their weaponry. Your fall on the mountains of Israel. Notice, not on Israel proper, but on the mountains of Israel. You and all your troops and the people with you, and I'll give you to the birds of prey and the beasts of the field to be devoured. Uh, you will fall on the open field, and I will send fire on Magog on those who live in security in the coastlands. So there will be destructions also poured out on the lands of the invading armies. And then they will know that I am the Lord. God will demonstrate his name. 
and I'll make my holy name known in the midst of my people, my people Israel. So there will be a revival in Israel, turning back to God. And I will not let them profane my holy name anymore. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Notice, not the Holy One of Israel, the Holy One in Israel. The nations will know that God lives in Israel. And if they attack Israel, they're, they're going to meet God. And there will be a window of opportunity. And many, many people will come to God because of this immense miracle. They will know that the Holy One is in Israel. Surely it is coming, it will it shall be done. And then it describes that the, that the Israelites will then set on fire and burn the weapons. They'll use the fuel. And it says for seven, uh, seven months they'll be burying them. And for seven years they'll be uh, burning the fuel. Uh, that's in verse 9. So it's going to take seven years clearing up this whole mess. And Israel will then repopulate the mountains of Israel, Judea, Samaria. And um, we know that because, again, in the tribulation, there's another attack, this time by the Antichrist. The tribulation, early in the tribulation, there'll be a covenant that Israel makes with the Antichrist, and she will feel secure. But halfway through the tribulation, it says that he will break his covenant, and he will invade Israel, and he'll take over the temple the Antichrist will declare himself to be God in the temple. And Jesus warns about that. Notice in Matthew chapter 24, I'm trying to find it quickly. Matthew chapter 24, he says, When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, that's the rebuilt Jewish temple, then let those in Judea flee to the mountains. Get out of there, he says. What is Judea? It's the mountains of Israel. And he says there's going to be another attack on Israel, on the mountains of Israel, by the Antichrist. And so before they come under the power of the Antichrist, they are to flee to Jordan. So again, the Antichrist comes and breaks the covenant and is going to take back the mountains of Israel. And so again we see Israel is the center of the world controversy in the end times. And God's going to show his mighty hand, and it's very soon, because everything is in place for this prophecy now to come to pass during the present USA administrations. That's my prediction. During this present presidency, everything is in place for this to happen. So, be ready. Ezekiel 38 talks about an invasion of Israel that's going to happen soon now, the stage is set, as we've been talking about. And uh, you need to know the word of God on this. And I've got a book, The Imminent Invasion of Israel, and a DVD that you can use to be equipped for this. And this is an important thing. It's about to happen. But also, we need to know the word of God on prophecy. And this is a substantial book that I've written called The Panorama of Prophecy. It's over 600 pages. If you really want to to have a, a textbook that will really help you in the area of prophecy, I have to recommend this book. This will really help answer so many of your questions. The Panorama of Prophecy. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services, which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH.
You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.